start using cutting-edge warp speed 5G technology with your cell phone. Let me tell you about my friends at MobileMobile.io. They have an ultra-fast 4G LTE and 5G network that covers 99% of Americans. So they've got you covered everywhere. Think about it for a moment. You have the opportunity to take a test drive for 10 days with unlimited talk, text, and premium data. What is premium data? Premium data is an allotment of a cellular data that you receive from a higher priority on the network. You won't get throttled like you will with some of those, well, non-brand service providers. To find out more information, all you have to do is go to mobilemobile.io. That's mobilemobile.io to start your 10-day free trial. This show is brought to you by Safety FM. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the Jay Allen Show. Well, as you already know, it is Tuesday, so we are going to talk about the things that we talk about because that's what we do on Tuesdays. A little bit about everything, but I have to tell you, this particular interview was quite exciting for me. Slightly different, more than what I expected, and I always think that's a good thing. But I have the great opportunity of sitting down and having a conversation with Emily Kunis. Now, she has recently acquired her CSP, and I want to talk about the process, how it has been through her career to this point, and that's what the conversation will be about today. So if you're kind of new to the industry or maybe even have some time inside of the industry and been thinking about getting some certifications... We're going to have that discussion here today with Emily Kunis. I hope you enjoy it here today on The Jay Allen Show. The Jay Allen Show is streaming now on safetyfm.live. I will tell you, I will ask the important question that is always the most obvious question. Why did you decide to get into the world of safety? Yeah, so I actually didn't really even know about the world of safety or that safety was even a thing um, until I got into college. I, prior to college, was kind of interested in maybe being a veterinarian, but there's a lot of like emotional things involved with animals and the care of animals. And that was a little too much. And then um, possibly also interested in like the world of healthcare, uh, but didn't really know much beyond healthcare as it presents itself as doctors or nurses um, in those kind of medical support staff roles. And so when I was in college, I, uh, you know, needing to choose uh, some additional courses and I ended up discovering environmental health. I really liked the public health and not yet known to me safety aspect of really trying to get ahead of the game and helping people in their health and well-being. Um, So after one of my first courses in environmental health, where I learned for maybe a day about safety, um, I, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) it was, well, you know, the introduction courses are always like, let's see how much information we can cram into one, you know, one semester really. And Mm -hmm. so I figured I would do some sort of internship in 
public health and safety. And so I ended up working for a tribal health organization based in Fairbanks, Alaska. And I was paired with a environmental health specialist or an engineer. And every week so we- Hold on, hold on. Let's back up real quick because that's going to okay. be important to the story. We're currently in Florida. You So were you in Alaska, yeah. like personally in Alaska? Yeah, yeah, I was for okay. about four months. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so prior to moving here, from what I could find, you were in Colorado, if that's correct. So yes, that's, that's correct. Okay, so, so you went from Colorado to Alaska for four months. Yes. So you must really like these change in sceneries. I mean, at least Colorado's, there are some similarities, but of course, Alaska is probably a little bit more cold. So how do you find this? And I mean, you, uh, let's just be realistic. One, sem one, one day, one semester, all of a sudden you've fallen in love with safety. You go to Alaska. I mean, you're freezing over there, I would assume at this point. And all of a sudden you're going after this and you're serving four months. Now, is it during that weird time of the portion of the year where it's dark all the time or daylight all the time, or is it still day and night as it, as it goes about? So it's light outside all the time. Oh, and, <laughs> um, which is, you know, I, I, I was, I was in college and I, I didn't really have any commitments and the opportunity came up. It was kind of through my university. Uh, and I was like, well, you know, I've never been to Alaska and now's the chance to do it because it's only for a few months. And if I don't like Alaska, then that's it. And I never have to go to Alaska right, so again. <laughs> but, but I mean, but you're leaving everything behind. You're packing up, yeah. you're going for four months. I mean, this is a life changing event. Even I know some people will be like, well, it's only four months. It's still four months. You're giving up everything. So you had already fallen in love that much with the world of safety in regards to environmental safety and health that you're deciding to do this. So as you go oh, out absolutely. there, what are you learning as you're doing this? Um, so I'm learning a lot about really what it means to be a great, I guess, partner in public health and safety um, and how to serve a very diverse and um, you know, a very diverse and, you know, breadth and depth of different safety and public health concerns. And so we would basically fly out to these small villages, um, tiny, tiny little planes. I think the smallest one was probably like a two seater plane that I was on or a three seater with a pilot. And, um, yeah. And it, we would, they would, they would actually, a funny thing was, um, they would weigh us and all of our stuff and us and all of our stuff couldn't be over a certain weight before we got on the plane. Um, so we would bring with us, you know, some textbooks because there, there is no cell service or internet in a lot of these places. So you can't just look something up on the internet real quick. So when um, I said life-changing event, it was no yeah. joke. You're talking, okay, so let's let's kind of go through some of that because I have to very, have a very good understanding. So at any point, did you, were you overweight for the plane where they said, okay, you have to drop this off and you can't go forward with anything because of, because of the weight? No, no. So um, I basically survived off of like uh, those tuna fish packets and granola bars um, because it didn't weigh a lot and I could uh -huh. put it in a backpack. <laughs> no, but we were never uh, like 
over that weight. And I mean, we would even bring with us, you know, uh, noise dosimeters. We'd bring with us different industrial hygiene equipment. And uh, we bring even rabies vaccines with us for uh, dogs in the community. So, so, when you're gone, so when you're gone for these trips, how long are we talking length of time? Just ballpark. I mean, it doesn't have to be ever, every single one. But when you're going to these communities, are we mm-hmm. talking days on end um, and before you're actually heading back or you, is it a day trip? How does it end up working? Um, anywhere from about like three to four days was kind of the average. Uh, so we would stay overnight in these communities as well. Um, and uh, which was, I guess, you know, great for the folks who we worked with because they had unlimited access to us for a few days. Right. And it wasn't just the nine to five access that they okay, that, had. That, that's the next question, of course. So what are we talking about? In regards of shift, are you, I would imagine it's some level of shift work. So are you looking at it where you're doing 16-hour shift, 12-hour shifts? What are we talking about here? Or is it the whole, it's the commitment of the whole time you're actually there? Um, it's basically the whole time we're actually there. And so, I mean, obviously there's breaks for eating and sleeping. Um, <laughs> but sometimes they would have community gatherings, right, where we would go and speak on different topics. Um, or we would be invited, you know, uh, to dinner, right, to eat mm-hmm. with these folks who are in the communities. And um, it just really depended. And it's, you know, but it was unlimited access for those few days. So I would, I would assume that it's very similar to like a doctor or a nurse going through a residency at a hospital is what it sounds like then when you're going on on these trips because of the constant access to you. Yeah, you might have a break to be able to go to sleep or go to eat, but it's kind of a limited time before you actually come back. Would that be about accurate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what was, so when you come back, you're gone for the four months, all of a sudden, where's your passion leaning? Is this where you say, okay, I want to continue to do something along these lines? Or was this a little bit, maybe a little bit too intense where you go, ah, let me kind of maneuver it a little bit of a different direction? No, I think I had really fallen in love at that point with public health and safety. I hadn't really, because it was so diverse in the work that we were doing, I hadn't really picked kind of the specific area I was interested in at that point, but I knew it, it, it was going to end up being something in public health and safety at that point. So after you do that, you decide to take on another internship, correct? So you all of a sudden mm-hmm. are still in, so now you're back in Colorado. You take another yes. internship. What What is the internship there? Who are you with? If you can talk about them, of course, and what exactly are you doing? Yeah, so I end up uh, working for the city of Fort Collins, which is where I went to university at. And while I was there, I worked with a phenomenal team and they um, kind of worked with all different groups in that within the city. I believe there are about 12 different groups, such as police. There were parks and recreation, HR people as well. And so working with each of those groups to address any sort of safety concerns that they had, um, we did a lot of health and safety communication work. Uh, So that's where I really kind of delved into safety. But I really, really enjoyed my time there because, again, of the diversity within safety. And so every group had their own set of safety needs um, or kind of safety wants and wishes as well. Wishes. Um, Yeah, yeah. Um, And so that was just a really you know, great opportunity to look and to see like, well, here's all different types of safety that I can end up doing, um, you know, within the safety 
sector. So as you go through it and you're seeing all these different sectors and you're going, okay, I can see where this can kind of go and you're, you're looking in and out. Is there something in particular of the aspect where you're going, I'm falling more and more in love with this particular section inside of it? Because, I mean, safety does cover a large gamut mm-hmm. of things, but are you going, this is what I'm really interested in and this is where I'm thinking about leaning at the time? Or is this something, a thought later down the road? Um, I would have to say it was probably more of the people interaction portion of safety because there is so much of safety that is really program development, um, developing standards and that kind of work. Uh, But I really, really enjoyed interacting with the employees of the city. And so I think that's kind of where I knew I wanted to head within safety. I did really, really like how different the work was because it was so many different groups. Um, so I knew that was definitely the direction I kind of wanted to head after graduation. So knowing that you wanted to do that, how all of a sudden does the Orlando market, the Florida, central Florida market land on your lap all of a sudden that you go, well, I did Alaska. I've been in Colorado. Let's go to extreme heat next. How does, yeah. this, come, how does this come about? <laughs> yeah. So I actually had a friend who uh, just before, again, I, I graduated, came back from an internship experience in central Florida. And she absolutely loved it, had a phenomenal time. It wasn't necessarily in anything uh, health or safety or even STEM related. Um, but she just had such a great experience and really enjoyed central Florida as a whole. Um, and I really valued her opinion. And so I figured, you know, Hey, why not? Let me look to see what's out there because, uh, you know, I'm sure there's safety roles and opportunities available and, um, worst case scenario, it's just for a little bit and I can come back. So so, but let's go through that because I mean, it, it, it's, it's a life-changing event as well. You're mm-hmm. moving several hundred miles or over a thousand miles for sure to make it here to central Florida. You make it to central Florida. You're, you're putting a gamble. You're going into a totally different environment where it's not dry heat. It's actually mm-hmm. this, you know, this, yeah. this <laughs> nice humidity. You're not familiar with hurricanes at the time. So now I'm sure that you, you know, yeah. you definitely got it down pat now. But as you're taking a look at this and you decide to, t- to take this risk on coming here, because, of course, you have to gamble on yourself. Did you know anybody in the local area besides the, the person that you were, who were just referencing a few moments ago? Or was this full on on your own? No, it was full on on my own. So she actually had moved back to Colorado um, to be with like her family. And so there was no one here. Um, but that was part of the fun, right? You got to, you know, <laughs> get out there and create your own community. <laughs> it is the opportunity so what is your, to create what, your own what is your family telling you at the time? What is your family saying to you going, are, are, you, are you off your rocker wanting to, you know, I mean, you've already lived this really interesting experience in Alaska. But now you're going to, well, I mean, a, a pretty well-populated area. Central Florida is pretty well-populated. And you're going into, you know, a destination experience is what it boils down to. Mm-hmm. So what, what's, what's the thought process there? What are they telling you? Yeah, well, uh, they've been like great and supportive through this whole entire experience. And I think they they were like, oh, it's an opportunity to go to the beach and it's an opportunity to go to the destination experience. And now we have an excuse. So, <laughs> oh, very nice. Yeah. So, so they were planning ahead. So that's that's interesting. Yeah. So you get it. So you get in there and you start off as an intern inside of that general area. 
mm-hmm. but you decide that you 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 end up staying longer and you actually get into we'll say inside of the safety world inside of there inside of this entertainment yeah. group so now that you're inside of there how was the intern experience to now actually being quote unquote an employee yeah so i think it's been a pretty seamless transition for me. I mean, I decided to uh, remain with my current employer because of the uh, really the experiences I had as an intern. And one of those key things was just the access to safety resources and, you know, really people. We have a very large safety team. Um, so there are a lot of experts in certain fields, generalists, um, and folks who have a wealth of safety experience and knowledge. And there are those folks to lean on. Um, And so being an intern and being still very new to safety, um, I've leaned on them then. I continue to lean on them now. um, And it's just been a really, really great way to learn. This is The Jay Allen Show. Hey, have you ever wanted to hear what's going on around in the world of safety and you're not able to do so? Have you ever wanted to take a listen to what exactly is going around in the world of safety? What if we called that thing Around the Safety Pod? And we told you month over month what is happening in the mix. Would you care to know? What would it be worth to you? Now, here's the fun part. Besides that you can find out exactly what's going on inside of the world of safety, there's also other information available there. Stuff that you can start using as early as today. How about you give us a look? Go to our website, safetyfmplus.com. That's safetyfmplus.com to find out what exactly is going on inside of the world of safety, around the world of safety, and inside of the world of safety. And don't forget to tell them that Jay Allen sent you. I'll see you on the other side. Make sure to join the revolution. And we are back on the Jay Allen Show on Safety FM. Well, over the last year, especially, as I would imagine that it's been a, a learning experience for both because you've been leaning on these people, but all of a sudden now we have something going on, of course, is that everybody has been affected by with the pandemic. So all of a sudden you're seeing these different changes as an environment and the people that you lean on are inexperienced with this, I would assume, because a lot of us are inexperienced mm-hmm. with it when it comes to pandemic. Don't really know a lot of people that have a lot of familiarity <laughs> with it when it comes yeah. to the world of safety with this. So what, what have you learned during this uh, in regards of what they've been able to teach you and what you've been learning all also at the same time? Um, I would have to say being very, very adaptable um, is probably the key point and being able to explain adaptability to folks who may not be as keen on being adaptable. Um, (laughs) I always get a lot of questions about, oh, well, why did it change this week? And why did it change this week? And why are we doing this now? And so, um, you know, really, I think I've gained probably a lot of not only experience, but practice and knowledge with explaining to folks about, well, you know, here's why we need to be adaptable. Here's what it means to be adaptable. And here's where it could potentially get us, you know, in the future. Well, and here's what I find interesting. So you're going through these different experiences. You're going, you're becoming adaptable to the environment that you're in, but I guess you've decided that you were bored to an extent during this time frame too, where you decided to go after your CSP which is a very highly coveted (laughs) certification. And you decided to do this during this time frame. So how did you, how did you manage to be able to pull off both at the same time? Because I would imagine there was a lot of different things going on. This is just my imagination. Mm -hmm. You can tell me if I'm wrong 
where all of a sudden you have to change of, hey, this is what I had planned. Oh, no, I have to do this for work instead. So how did you make the time to be able to, to go after the certification all at the same time? Yeah, so I, I knew I wanted to apply uh, just about a year ago. Um, and then all of the, the shutdowns happened and the quarantine happened. And so I was like, well, maybe not the timing's not super great because we don't know what testing in person looks like, you know, right. potentially. Um, and so I had kind of started around that time, really just having conversations with folks who I work with about, hey, like I'm I'm thinking of signing up and taking the CSP, like, you know, I'm, I'm going to be asking like a million and one questions at this point, <laughs> just because I'm trying to study and learn and, uh, you know, all aspects of everything that's on the CSP. Um, and so basically after, you know, I, we kind of got into, um, so basically after we kind of got into a more steady stride at work, um, I figured, well, like I'll, I'll sign up and I'll, I'll make a commitment to an actual date of taking the CSP. Right. And I think one of my strengths for quite a while has been time management, luckily. Uh, and so I really just made sure to carve out the time to study and then take what I studied and at work even talk to other safety professionals about it and say, hey, well, like I was reading about this. Like, what are your thoughts on it? Like, what do you what do you know about it? What are your experiences? Um, and so that's, I think, you know, how I got to where I was. But of course, there were some days where I was like, oh, well, I was going to study, but everything happened at work or in my personal life. And now it's, you know, no longer happening. But again, being uh, being adaptable, right? <laughs> well, well, let's talk about some of your adaptability because you're going through all of this. But also at the same time, I mean, let's kind of not leave this out. You're volunteering at an organization to help out with their social media which I've heard you say in outside conversations outside of this one, where you said, I didn't really know much about social media at the time. So you're right. taking on this adaptability stuff that you're trying to do at, at your place of employment, also studying for the CSP, also having a personal life, and then running for this organization or helping this organization out, um, the ACFS here in, in Central Florida, with doing all their media with something that you're learning at the time. You have to tell me the magic trick because there has to be something that you're doing. <laughs> I mean, how, how, and you said you're really good at time management. You're going to have to give us a secret on how you do it. Yeah. I mean, I, so I like, I, I like to stay busy as well. Um, I think I do my best work while I'm busy, not necessarily under pressure, but while I'm keeping myself busy. Um, and so I, my secret probably really is just, it's writing things down. I have like my, my calendar, my planner, and really just sticking to what I've written down and uh, as much as, as possible. Um, so, so would you say then you do hard cuts? So let's say, for instance, let's just use this as an example. We have this time set aside for this interview currently. So saying, for instance, if I was starting to go over hypothetically, would you be like, Jay, I'm done. I, I gotta go. No, seriously. Because <laughs> I mean, no, sometimes for time management, you yeah, have to do things yeah. like that. So, and a lot of people say that they're really good at time management. I know a very few that will go, okay, hard dead. We're good. We're good. I have to move. Yeah. So is that, is that yeah. the scenario? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's a, a, a big part of that too, I think, is uh, respecting each other's time because it's, I always, uh, whenever I have either meet and greets or one on ones and I set, 
half an hour, an hour of time aside. And uh, even though the conversation might be really great, you know, towards the end, I'm always like, hey, like, I know we're coming up on time and you're a really busy person. Um, but, <laughs> you know, if, if I have the time, I'll stay. But if not, you know, it's uh, more can be scheduled in the future. So, but. <laughs> well, let me ask a, a couple of questions then, because I'm, I'm very curious about this. Because you have just recently through, went through a, a couple of different experiences. What would you tell for people that are interested in actually acquiring their CSP newer into the profession, you know, with everything going on right now? How would you encourage them or what information would you share with them that you've learned through your experience that you would say, hey, you should probably focus on this? Yeah. So, um, like I said, I had a lot of conversations with other safety professionals um, about uh, being really open and honest, saying, hey, this is something I'm going to pursue and I'd like your help if you don't mind me asking you a ton of questions. Um, so there are so many people out there who do have their CSP or uh, who are very well, ex have a ton of experience as a safety professional. And so leaning on those folks to ask those questions. But um, I, I think that conversation part of it, at least for me and how I learned, was really important because it made it stick in my brain um, as opposed to, OK, let me open this textbook and, you know, read 100 pages. Right. Um, so any kind of learning styles that work for you, I would stick to for the CSP um, and then definitely setting that kind of commitment for yourself. Like, I'm going to do this. It's going to happen. And um you know, a global pandemic can happen and like, I'm, I'm still going to do it. So it might not happen exactly when I thought, but it, it will happen. So let me ask the question here of, I know there's some other options as, as well that are available. I believe the ASP is one mm -hmm. of them. And I, I, I'm going to screw this up because I think the GSP is another one, but don't hold me hundred percent to mm -hmm. the lettering. Why did you decide to go straight to the big one? Cause that's, I mean, the CSP is the big one. I know of a lot of people that go ASP first, then they'll go to the to the CSP. Why did you decide to say, okay, I mean, I, I know you didn't know that the, everything was going to go to the way that it did, but why did you decide to go directly for the for the big one? As some yeah, people would so call I it? actually did take the ASP. Okay. Um, yeah, so it's, um, but that was, oh man, that was probably two years ago now. Uh, you're so making it seem like a lifetime ago. Well, I know that the last, the last year seems like times 10, does, but I understand. Oh yeah, it does. So it was about two years ago, but I know a lot of folks who um, will wait and they will take their ASP and CSP kind of back to back because it is a lot of studying and um, you are studying some of this, like some similar concepts. And so why study for it? twice essentially um but because of like the requirements for work i hadn't had enough years of work experience yet to take the csp um so i and i uh beyond the folks who i you know i work with i didn't really know a lot about the asp or csp or the rigor or the amount of time it took to study and so i figured well it'll be fine if i space them out because then i'll i'll have plenty of opportunity to study and it'll be plenty of time um and so that's kind of why i i spaced it out the way i did but there's other folks who i work with who have graduated with their gsp um my university didn't offer a an option like that um and 
they'll... But they're still a very great school. Let's just make sure that yeah, we're... <laughs> yes, it is, it is, it is. But, you know, they don't, unfortunately, <laughs> offer the, the GSP uh, portion. So, so right now, if somebody came to you that was getting into the industry or just recently graduated um, and is going into the safety field, and they were going to ask you about either doing the, AS, the ASP first or just going directly to the CSP, what, what route would you recommend? Especially because you've already been through the journey. Yeah, I I would recommend probably if you're going to do the ASP and the CSP, taking them a little closer together. Um, it was a lot of studying, like separate kind of chunks of time. And again, but would you recommend would you recommend the ASP or would you just say just do the CSP straight? Yeah, I would. I definitely would. So it's I I found a lot of benefit in just the information that I learned. I was able to learn about uh, certain concepts and certain um, standards that I don't deal with on a day-to-day basis just because of my role um, and what was you know, required of me at the time. And so I think it helped me grow as a safety professional just to learn about stuff I didn't have to use every single day. Okay. Well, I, I mean, I'm always curious because I never knew. I always go, yeah. I look at these things. And I was like, there's so many different certifications. One day, actually, me and another gentleman that actually is part of the network, we were taking a look around. And I think that we figured out there was about 350 different designations. And I'm always like, wow. I don't even know where to start. I mean, yeah. like, where, like, do you go just after the one that a lot of people look at among the industry as the biggest one that's out there? So, I, so of course, when I get a hold of somebody who's, who has multiple of them, I always go, which, which way would you go? So I think it's important information. Now, if people want to know more about what you're doing or would like to get in contact with you, is there any particular way that they can? Are, are you big on LinkedIn? Do you, do you hang out on the social medias and respond to anybody or what goes on? Yeah. There? Yeah. So LinkedIn would probably be the best way to get a hold of me. It's just first name, last name. Um, so my last name is pretty unique. So I think there's there shouldn't be too many Emily Cunises <laughs> out there. Um, but that would be the best way. Yeah. Okay, well, I do appreciate you coming on to the show today. Yeah, thank you very much, Jay. Well, there you go. This brings another episode of the Jay Allen Show to an end. I really do hope that you enjoyed my conversation with Emily Kunis here today. As always, if you want to know more about what we have going on here at Safety FM, you can go to safetyfm.com. Also, just for references and just to talk about it real quick, Right now, we have a contest going on for an event that's being put on by Nipin Anand and Todd Conklin. Go to safetyfm.com forward slash contest for more information. Thank you for always being best fired to Safety FM, and that is the listener. Safety FM is the home of real safety talk. Don't worry, we'll be back with another episode of The Jay Allen Show before too long. Goodbye for now. Want more of the Jay Allen Show? Go to safetyfm.com. Safety FM, changing safety cultures, one broadcast and one podcast at a time.
The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen. So do you feel like you're missing out on what everyone is starting to do now, that live streaming thing, and you don't know where to start or what to do? I have the resource and the information to provide to you in regards on how you can stream onto 40 social media platforms all at one time. Yes, that's 440 social media platforms all at one time. All you'll need to do is go to safetyfm.com forward slash one. That's safetyfm.com forward slash one. That's O-N-E. So just in case. And you'll be able to start live streaming just like you're hearing people starting to do right now up to 40 social media platforms.